Welcome to the I Come With Baggage podcast. I'm your host, Crystal L. Bass. This podcast is a collection of candid conversations that unpacks the baggage of our guests to see what has anchored them to success in their fields. We all come with baggage, but now it's time to heal. Get ready because it gets real. This is the I Come With Baggage podcast. Renee, you know, people were like, what's the topic? Because, you know, we were, you know, taking a little while to get up on here. So I don't want to steal your thunder. So introduce yourself. Well, first, everybody, thank you for joining us for the I Come With Baggage IG Live. And you guys know that this is all based around the t-shirt line. <laughs> Crystal, you're cracking me up. But this is all based around the t-shirt line. And the signature slogan is, I come with baggage. So without further ado, this is our fourth week. And we have our guest. Hey, sister, we have our guest, Renee. Renee is a boss. And I call her a quiet storm. Um, and I don't want to steal Renee's thunder. Renee, come on, sis. You know we are women of a particular age. Right now, you like. <laughs> so I'm gonna need okay, here I am. Here I am. I do apologize. There I go. So I do apologize. This Instagram is new. Um, now that we're virtue, so we're gonna have to learn it, earn it, and just be a part of it. So thanks for having me on. It was exciting being here. I love what you're doing, Christy. You know, we comrades from way back in the day. All right, so speaking of that, let me just tell people this. There are three people I know in my life that remember every single thing, and it's crazy. I might be missing some people, but the people I know are you, my girlfriend Daphne Brown, and my husband. Remember things from when they was like five, and you like, remember this, remember that? I'm like, I mean, vaguely. So anyway, introduce yourself. Tell everybody what you're doing and why you're here. Hey, Tay. So I'm Renee Page, born and raised from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, went to Western High School. Was Ooh, always taught. Yes, I'm a dog. Then from Western, I went to Howard University, HBU. Hey, so you know how we think. So went to Howard. So you know, went to How Hard Howard. So, but you know what? Was always taught if you can, you can do anything that you put your mind to. So right now I'm in California. I, I traveled out here as a travel nurse, and I've been out here. It'll be five years come January. So I live Baltimore, Maryland, well, Owensville, Maryland, in Long Beach, California, and I travel back and forth, and I just love it. Just love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Because that's what bosses do. I used to be bi-coastal yes. before, but I could be yes. bi-coastal because at the time I was working for an airline. <laughs> so I didn't have okay. to buy tickets, but you do, and you're a boss. So uh -huh. what, okay, so I remember you being a nurse in Baltimore at St. Agnes, right? Yes. So, so yes. what made you, what made you leave Baltimore and go do the nursing in LA? So in 2008, I have always wanted to travel to California, just always. So, you know, at the time in 2008, um, and you remember, you know, I have two kids, Corey and Bria, Corey and Bria was of age. So at the time, their dad was like, you know what? You've been raising them as a single mom. Go ahead, travel to California. Just go and have fun. Do what you want to do. So I went, came to California in two, uh, 2008, and unfortunately, that was short-lived because, um, as you know, um, I think it was May 2008, uh, Brian, you know, killed his 
fiance, Tracy Green at the time. So I had to come back home. So the first time I came to California, it was But stop short. right there. Just stop. Because you can't say that your baby daddy killed his girlfriend and then just keep on going. Because inquiry minds are going to want to know. Now, you know I know. I'm not going to get you to talk too much about it because I don't want your kids to be mad. But we're talking so about is, baggage. So, so it is a sensitive subject. So pretty much it was, you know, it was in the news. So, you know, was that work at the middle of the night working because I worked night shift and I never forget, I got a text message from Bria. So I'm like, oh my God, my dad just killed Tracy. And I'm sitting there like, I'm thinking like, what? So whatever it was, so I had to come back home. And, um... So my travel nursing job in 2009, I mean, 2008 was cut short because of that. Um, so I'm not going to really go into detail because, like I said, it's a sensitive subject with Bria. I'm not going to say so much of Corey, but with Bria and also, you know, Tracy had two children. So I have to respect Musha and Anglisha with that. So, but yeah. it was. So, so, you know, my story is super duper similar, but mine happened in 2001. And I was living in L.A., and my son's father was killed, and so I had to pack up and come back. And I always wondered, like, that's a part of my baggage, always wondering, like, what if I never came back here? You know, but but I know I'm, I'm here because that's where I'm supposed to be, so I can't, like, keep really dwelling on it. Right. All right. Yeah. So, so, so you want to get a little history about us, how we know each other? You know, our relationship, a little background about that. <laughs> so pretty much, Crystal, you and I was little girls. We, uh, your sister, Iris, is Ivory. She lived on Ivory. She lives on Pentland Drive. You and I were little girls with these little ponytails, and we used to play. And you used to watch your uh, nephew, Corey. And I used to love the name Corey. So you and I used to play. You used to, you were always dancing and flipping and just doing something. You were always outgoing. Just always like, damn, sit down. Then we went to Western. <laughs> so you were a year behind me. So in, so we were in the dance group together. So that's how we really started getting close because we did the symposiums at Mervo. We were dancing. Uh, we just got really close in high school. Uh, we had friends in common, Binky, Sherry. You know, they used to call the class of 89, I take your man click, remember? So yes. I was part of the 89 click, the Mickey Mouse Club uh, at Western. And you were in class of 88. No, class of 90. Girl, don't make no extra years. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, ma'am. So I was in the Donald Duck Club, 1990. So y'all were Donald Duck. So we just got close from there. After high school, um, my children's father and um, his best friend, Sean, you, you and him were friends. Oh, so I remember. Right. Start telling people business, though. <laughs> so, well, y'all were friends. So we would go bowling and hang out and just have fun. So. Pretty much, and then we've been remained friends ever since then, and just supporting each other, out supporting ventures like you had your play. I remember you came up St. Agnes, and I introduced you to everyone, and you were selling tickets. You was hustling then, I and um, <laughs> yeah, you came up on the floor. You came up on the ICU selling tickets. I was like, Damn "Are you right. serious?" 
Look, we, I think we even had to Yup, you was had your little stuff, your little Gucci wear. You came up with your little stilettos. I said, no, she didn't. I said, no, she didn't. You came up selling tickets, so you did your first fight, and then you had your book. So I always supported your dreams and your ventures and came to all your plays and things like that, and we so just remained supporting friends. yours. So, so take yeah. us back, though. I don't want to jump into, like, the what you're doing right now that is, like, so bossed up and so bomb. First, we want to get into um, – so I wrote on a post about your – you know, you still – you had – you were doing music, managing, like – local artists in Baltimore and you were in the entertainment business into music and you had some affiliation with G-Unit. So tell us about yeah. that. So pretty much it was, um, I was managing a, a guy named Promise. It was a couple of people that I was managing when I first got into it. And I never forget the, um, he needed to do a video shoot. So the gentleman, uh, Marlo, he had a company called Twin Entertainment and I saw the, um, he was hosting a white party. And I remember I got this flyer, and it was at the, what was it called, the Millennium, the Milani? Remember the Milani, the Italian restaurant? You always was, remember it, everything. Yeah, okay, well, you, re, you remember all the hot spots, so don't play. So he was having a party for his artist, Kevin, his name was Kevin something. So I just called him. I said, hey, can I do a video shoot with my artist? He was like, yes. He was like, whatever you need, we just hit it off. So from there, he had the G-Unit come in, had the G-Unit models. He was a promoter for G-Unit. Um, and he brought the um, 50 Cent's DJ, DJ Robbie Rob, Hassan. Everyone was there. So from that interaction and that network, I just, anytime my artists needed to do like a, mu a music video or a mixtape, they just hooked it up and they have just been supportive of me ever since. Have I ever met 50? No. But um, but far as being affiliated with his promoters, his DJ, his local artists like Jadakiss and things like that. So that's how that relationship started. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, because that just means you're one phone call away from 50. <laughs> no. That just means that's just one person to call me. Huh? He needs to call me. 50 says he's Curtis needs to call me. Oh, he's you once this gritty gets on the road. So, so, so tell everybody like what you're doing now and how you started doing it. So, so I was out here and actually, I was um, going to uh, invest in someone else's project that was from Baltimore, and we just couldn't get it off the ground. And I remember the um, my, my mentor, good friend. Reggie Gaskins, and also my lovely Bria, my daughter, who supports everything, they were like, just do your own. You have the story. So, you know, I have two children, Corey, Bria, and, you know, Corey and Bria, uh, both of them are on both sides of the law. One <laughs> follows the law, one is don't follow the law. So, you know, Bria is an inspiring. One day she's going to be the best defense attorney from Maryland, but right now she's doing litigation, so she's just the boss, and then Corey just coming home from prison, um, serving close to 10 years. How so old, how I have for, for the audience, how old is Corey and Bria? Corey is 30, and Bria comes, Bria is younger than Corey. So let me just, what, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, because Bria, she real fierce, honey. She gonna shut you down. We gotta be real careful and real cool.
nursing but we're gonna get her to talk a little bit about the the COVID stuff and nursing in a little bit so okay so back to back to how you how you started in LA with this whole movie journey oh so pretty much I decided to write us to, to tell a story about Corey because when he came home from jail jail just changed him you know and it's like everyone thinks that, oh, because you come from jail, you come from a bad background and everything. And I was a single mom, uh, lower middle class that raised my kids, pushed my kids, did everything by my kids. And he just got mixed up with the wrong crowd and just made bad decisions. But when he came home, he was different. I mean, well, just wait, let's go back. Because you said, like, lower middle class. Didn't you send him to private school? Bria went to, so at the time before, you know, Brian killed his uh, fiance, Corey was actually living with Brian. Bria oh. was with me. So Corey went to Hoodlawn. I meant Woodlawn when he was with, sorry. And Bria went to, Bria was with me and she went to Seton Keo. Okay. I remember that. And I wasn't sure if he went to um, Mount St. Joe or whatever. But That's I remember. I him, yeah. yeah, I wanted him to go there, but. You know, Brian's thing was, if you have a free school up the street, you can go to the free school. You okay. know what I'm saying? You do what you're supposed to do. But my thing was like, no, I want my daughter to go somewhere where it's 10 people in the class. And yeah. then all girls. So she didn't like Weston. So I said, you're either going to go to IND or you're going to go to Seton Keel. Those were the choices. That was it. Okay. So opposite sides of the law. Yeah. And so your movie is based on... A true story. It's based, yeah, it's based on pretty much, it's kind of like a public service announcement to show that, especially younger men that's not doing what they're supposed to do, uh, following the in crowd, thinking they are in, in, invincible. It shows Corey, but the character is called uh, Curtis. It shows this good guy going in as a young guy, coming out as an uh, older man, but angry. Just angry. How much you know, because, he, sir? Girl, since Corey was, what, 17, he's been back and forth, in and out. So the last bit he did, close to, I think, nine years, I, I just lost count. It was like nine years he spent. But this time, when he came home, he was... Like, Move around a little bit, because you paused. Okay, he was different. You know, road rage. Just quick to get angry. Just always, it's like, calm down. It's not that serious. So jail really changed him, and, you know, that's my message that you can go in, but something changes. You become institutionalized, and then you have a hard time coming back into society, into society, and adapting. You know, like, like little things you just can't say to Corey because he'll, come, you know, he'll run up on you. You'll be like, whoa, dude, you know, just would you like a sandwich, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just He's just different, just angry. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean um, do, do, do you see, can you see that you are like, um, that I'm in HD, but you are like all, um, you got static. Can you see? Are you clear on your side? Yes, it's probably the area that I'm in. I'm on the beach, so that's probably the problem. Okay. So that's probably the issue. All right. It, whatever you just did, it, it's, it's clear now. Okay. So I'll stand still. <laughs> yeah, stand still. Yeah. 
So sister said it's grainy and Yankee said it's distorted, but you're looking a little better now. Okay. Sorry about so, the area. It's my area. Okay. So so we're gonna we're gonna talk about gritty because you're gonna be bringing some opportunity back to Baltimore. But um, yeah, Santia wants to know about your nursing, about your job. So where are you working now? What are you doing? What are you doing with that COVID? Um, the COVID unit, you were shooting something for a COVID unit or something for SAG? So pretty much with the COVID, so I'm still a nurse here in um, Long Beach as well as uh, West LA. So I'm working, um, still working in the hospital, you know, step down in ICU. So I still work on the floor because it's a mess. We're filled at capacity. And then fortunately, as of Friday, they're going to start giving us the vaccinations for COVID. I'm going to wait for anybody else in. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to see anybody else getting it. So, but they're going to be giving it out front, whatever. I'm going to wait. And so when the numbers start coming down and then I know that it's working, then I'll go ahead and get it. But I ain't going to be the first one running down to employee health to get it. I'm so, not getting it until 2022. <laughs> oh, okay. After all the stuff are finished playing. <laughs> yeah, if you had the COVID-19 vaccination, you could be entitled to compensation. When that's over, <laughs> I'll get it. <laughs> but but guess what? Some airlines are requiring a guest soon that you have to show proof that you had the COVID. So some airlines are adopting that practice just to put that out there yeah so so i just found out that i may be able to get a waiver for my extreme allergies and asthma and also live nation just said that you cannot attend any of their concerts without a covid certificate proving that you had the vaccination and so i won't be going to any concerts but if i don't get the waiver girl this United States is huge. I'll just go around yes. these parts, okay? I, I'll find something to do. <laughs> and yeah, and not right. to mention, on the 9th, we're taking a virtual trip to Italy. So, hey, I'm going to find something to do. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the thing you were doing um, with SAG, with the COVID-19? Oh, so, pretty much, I think it was like a couple of months ago, um... Couple of uh, Reggie wanted to start shooting. He's like, "Come on, let's just do it. We're not gonna let Stag hold us back." So he shot um, his short called TMI, and that should be out. And it's hot. So I pretty much was the COVID nurse for that, and just and it was a lot that we had to go through before Stag would even approve it. So I had to be on set. Um, I had to go through protocols. I had to make sure that everyone knew. And then you can't have an actor sign a waiver. So we so couldn't wait, have them sign. Because now I'm confused. You you were were you you were the talent on there or you were No, I was the COVID for this project I was the COVID nurse. For this project, the COVID nurse. Okay. I'm not following that. I don't understand what you mean. Because so you when know I, when I read when I read your stuff that you sent and you said the COVID nurse, I thought you were meaning at your job in the hospital. No, 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 no. So right now, when they're doing filming certain films, they like like when you film like when the kids have teachers, they have to have teachers on set. With um, SAG now, you have to have a nurse on set. Oh, a I see. Okay. Okay. So I was so I did so I was one of the first nurses to be on set. I did what three I did three sets here in California. So pretty much I had to make sure that everyone 
was following SAG's protocol with staying with social distancing, with making sure people had um, the swab and they had negative COVID tests. So it was a whole process for being okay. on set that I was responsible for. Okay, so I want to talk about the feature a little later after we, we clear up some of the loose ends. And then my sister wants to know if Corey had any anger management. We'll talk about that when we get back into gritty. Okay. Okay. Um, but so it, I know you had some things that you, you wanted to talk about. Is, is, are we missing anything before we get into the whole gritty? Okay, nope. so, so we know that Curtis and Gritty is based on Corey, right? Yes. And yes. so how how does, how, I know Corey is like bossed up. He called on the set already when y'all were on the set. So how does he feel about it? He likes it. He blessed the set when I first got the script. Cause I had to look, I had to pass it through him. He read it. He was like, you good. You know how we, you know the guys from Baltimore. It's all right. It's good. You good, ma? Go ahead, do it. So Bria was a little like, I don't know, because that doesn't represent me. So, but Corey was like, you know, everybody know who Bria is, but Corey Blessed said he called the guy that played Curtis, Lionel Dalton, awesome actor. He called Corey a couple of times, heard how Corey spoke. He realized that everything from Baltimore is, hey, what's up, dummy? You know, he just had to learn right, the so language. Speaking, speaking of like how you speak. So I remember when I got to L.A., you know, everybody was like, oh, be more Bama. You know, I used to hang out with Anthony Anderson. He used to, you know, laugh about the way I talked all the time. And he was like, I reminded him so much of Taraji, how I talk, which I really disagree because Baltimore and D.C., we talk different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do. But one of the biggest things they used to really find so hilarious is the whole Beltway freeway thing. Yeah, like I used to always say, um, okay, so if I'm going there, which beltway do I need to get on? Do I need to get on a five or do I need to get on a ten? And everybody will fall out. So I had to get into the habit of calling it a freeway. <laughs> so what has been your experience from East Coast to West Coast and how they really stereotype us, especially when you say you're from Baltimore, it's always body more murder land. They think that Everybody from there is the ghetto. <laughs> yes. I think everybody is murderers and killers and that we, we have to be so hood and so ghetto because we are from Maryland, from Baltimore. So what's your experience with that? So the funny thing is when I came here in 2008, I was working in a hospital and I remember I came in from work and it was a young lady talking to this man. He was like an older white man. So she was like, oh, that's your name. That's your nurse. So he looked, he was in the bed, little frail man. So she was like, oh, she's from Baltimore. So he was like, oh, don't be sending no roughnecks in here. So she was like, no, Renee is nice. So he automatically assumed when she said I was from Baltimore, I was a roughneck. Uh -huh. And But pretty much we got along, we laughed, we joked. I, I was like, you got to take your ass to bed, you know, because he wanted to talk so much about Baltimore after he got to know me and everything. But um, just the way that we speak, people always say, oh, you're from Baltimore. Or they always talk about the wire. Yeah. Everything is about the wire. The Absolutely. wire. The wire. Yeah. And so, I, yeah. you know, I was kind of insulted because I don't feel like I talk so <laughs> Baltimore. Like, I don't say things like hot dog, the zinc. Yeah. 
talking to Patois. Like, in L.A., everybody's like, say it again, say it again. And I know my girlfriend, she was on here a little earlier. People will always want to know about the row houses. <laughs> like, a few people came to visit, and, you know, back then, I had a row house. And everybody mm. thought, you know, that just because it was a row house, it was a project. Like, they don't have it out there. I'm like, okay, it's a row house, but this is not the project. <laughs> yes, yes. Or if you get upset, it's like, all right, calm down, calm down. I don't want any problems. I'm like, no, there's no problems. I'm just trying to explain it. So it's like every time I speak or if I kind of go in, it's like, oh, hey, 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 Renee, don't worry, that, problems. That Baltimore, that Baltimore coming out. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I miss Baltimore because Baltimore, we are so different. Like, we are just so, just say it in your face. It's, you know, it's no cookie cutting. Here is cookie cutting. But people from Baltimore just say it. And I, you know, when I, and I can always tell when somebody's from Baltimore because they just straightforward. It's you not that back. What I found when I was there, I found it to be um, very, very superficial. But right. I fell in, but I fell into the trap of that, right? So okay. I mean, I was snatched and had it together, like. So you live in Long Beach. I lived in the Valley. I lived in Van Nuys, which was like right down the street from Encino, and right down okay. the street from me was um, the Jacksons family lived there. Um, yes, all the celebrities lived there in the Valley in Encino, and so the park where I used to go to walk every single day, I couldn't miss a day of walking because. You got to stay looking good. Like, especially if you're into acting, and I was into acting yeah. at the time. Um, I remember Richard Pryor used to be out there every day. That was like, before he passed away, they used to roll him around in there. Um, Todd Bridges. It, it was yeah. like regulars that were there every single day. And so I did fall into that whole superficial lifestyle. You couldn't have got me to eat a piece of bread or know nothing like I was like watching everything I ate and like keeping up with the with the superficial because when you went on casting calls or you went on auditions, it was one million girls. It was one million girls there that was just same height, same weight, same everything. So you kind of had to keep up with the competition. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we're no on the last. Huh? No chicken box. Look, no chicken boxes. Uh, no half and half. No, 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 absolutely no chicken box to have out there. So we're we're on the on the end second half of our interview. So I want to dedicate it to um what you're doing. I'm I'm so excited about you doing the feature for gritty. And I hear your vision, I hear your dream. I'm so excited about you doing this. Um and I'm really, really proud of you that so so like for me. When I did the play, I was super proud of, like, not going out and getting huge investors. Like, I was proud to be able to do, you know, do my shows and do them on my own. So, big ups to you for being an executive producer of your own show and not getting big investors in. So, right. tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, so tell us about how you did Gritty and... Um, the film festival you were in and how well it was received and where you see taking that short next. Okay. So pretty much with Gritty, it is a short film. Uh, it took us three days to film it. Um, we filmed it in um, California. We uh, filmed it um, in Glendale. We filmed it. And pretty much it's a short film that just kind of 
just give just a little synopsis of what the feature is going to be. It just tells, just shows where you see Curtis as this angry guy. You kind of see where he got locked up. You kind of see where he got initiated into gritty. And you kind of see how the jail system can be corrupt, especially private facilities. So we kind of touch on that. And then we kind of touch on touch on some futuristic stuff where, you know, the jails may be run by AI. So I kind of touch on that as far as with Gritty. So like I said, it's a short, it's 30 minutes. It just gives you the prelude to the feature. Um, it just introduced you to Curtis. It just introduced you to Gritty. It just introduced you to the warden. Like, like how, how a warden could be torn between the right thing and the wrong thing that you know what i'm saying yeah and also it shows that when you get locked up because people think oh if i get locked up i'm going to do this no you have to do things to survive in jail you know I what i mean yes so you can relate that when you go in you have your time you want to do your time but to survive and to not have things taken from you or you have you have to survive. You have to decide if you're going to be a lone ranger or if you're going to join a group to survive. You you have to make decisions that will affect you when you come home. Yeah. You have to make decisions. And gritty just is gritty. It shows you raw footage of things that happen. It's not watered down. And the feature is really going to go into what gritty is, you know, it's it just really going to show you the jail system, just how it can just change you. And it will show a young man and a young woman that the road that you're going, if it's not good, if you look at gritty, you may think twice about, it. you know, it's kind of like a scare straight. If you want to scare straight movie, if you want to put it. Okay. You know, well, we're going to get into the feature part. So tell us about the, um, I saw on your page, I think, a San Diego Black Film Festival, and then I saw you may have been in Vegas at a film festival. So with uh, San Diego was running up, but the thing is, we were supposed to, at the end, when you show your film, you're supposed to talk for 10 minutes, and it wound up being like 30, 45 minutes because people really liked it. Uh, they wanted to have questions, and it was a couple of guys that were incarcerated and just came home, and they was like, oh my goodness, Renee, Thank you for talking about this. This is something that people don't talk about. So they took to it. Matter of fact, they had to come and put us out um, because they love the concept about the jail system. And they were saying that no one is talking about what goes on in the jail system, especially like private jails, like the behind the scenes things that go on. People are not talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then, um, in Las Vegas, Gritty won Best Action. So I was awesome. proud about that. Yay. So that was one of the first awards that was best, um, won Best Action. Um, so that was a good experience for Gritty. And, you know, cast and crew, I congratulated them because in order for Gritty to be where it is, it went back on the backs of the cast and the crew, the producer, the DP. So those were the positive intricates of Gritty being where Gritty is today. So I just had Say it again. The plan. So the plan is to take um, the short 
and that will be out soon for people to view it and give feedback. The plan is to take the short and roll it into a feature, a 90-minute feature going into debt of what Gritty is about, going into debt with Curtis, um, seeing his relationship with his mother, which is me, seeing his relationship with his sister, which April, which is Bria. So it's just to see, and then just to see the jail system. And then from there, we may take it to a series. So that's the goal for Gritty. Okay. And so when does the filming, when does production start for Gritty? So now the thing is, it's going to probably, hopefully it won't be put back, but the goal is to start shooting at the end of July. It's going to be a 30-day shoot. It's going to be done in Baltimore with Baltimore, uh, with the natives of Baltimore, um, just the music, the actors, the location, everything. I'm paying homage to Baltimore. Everything is going to be about Baltimore in this. We're great. We're going so to cast in Baltimore. I, I know you're going to use some local Baltimore talent, but are you also yes. going to use some regional and national talent as well? So right now I'm looking like looking at, because of the, the script is finished and looking at the, the, um, the characters like Ro Timmy would be very good with a couple of it. Um, maybe 50. He, he may, he may meet the cut a little bit, but it, it takes, it Vicky takes gonna cost money. a whole lot of coins, honey. No, no, Vicky no. Gonna break the body. no. No, he's gonna ask me to can he get in it if he sees it. I'm joking. No, but the thing is, he now the thing is funny not to just put it out there. Like if he if um fifty was to read it, he could relate. He could relate to Corey if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, because he was incarcerated and things like that. But really, I really want to have like an A-line work around the cast. That's that's the goal. So I want to like I want to find a diamond in the rough. I want to find a Curtis that gets into this part that can really bring it, and then this opens doors for him. The same thing with April. So I'm to be honest with you, I'm looking for diamonds in rough to have this as their start, and this may open open doors for them. If What's that makes that? sense. What's that, Renee? The doorbell. The oh. doorbell. You expecting somebody? No, it may be the concierge someone. Oh, okay, concierge. So anyway, did we talk about whether Corey got anger management for, you know, how you said he's different now? Did, has he gotten any well, treatment? He does, he, he does. You know what? Because I was home a couple of weeks ago and just little things that I saw. He does need to see someone. And he... He always say, Mom, dude, you you right. I do need to sit down. I do need to talk to someone. Um, because you can see it and it's evident. Um, just his decisions, um, just he needs he does need to have see someone about um anger management and he's starting to acknowledge it. Okay, well that's good. That that's the first road to recovery. But it that's a hard yeah. thing. I, I mean, of course, I didn't have to spend that kind of time in there, but I did, and it's still something that, um, you know, it's like I can remember it like it was yesterday. You know, it was all kinds of drama that I will probably never get over. So I can imagine if all that time, he pretty much grew up in prison. He, be he became a man in prison. He, he became yeah. a man in prison. And as soon as he came home, it's funny, he had his daughter. And I think him having little Corey is 
therapeutic for him because he won't go off the hook when he has Corey. And he's like one of the best dads. Like his, as he explains it, little Corey is his heart outside of his chest. So I think having little Corey is therapeutic and it helps him because his thought is, I have to be here for my daughter. I want to be here for my daughter. Yeah. You know, I don't want another man raising my daughter. I don't want to go back to jail. I don't want to be dead because Baltimore is quite different now. And he realized that him coming home now, Baltimore, it's not the same Baltimore as it was when he first went in. It's different. Absolutely. And matter of fact, when he went in, he went in during the Freddie Gray era, when all of riots and stuff with Freddie Gray. Um, so they were friends and everything. But um, so, like I said, Little Corey is therapeutic. It's his reason why. It's his reason, you know, why he gets up go to work, does what he needs to do. He spends time with her. One on, He'll tell you, oh, I'm a hands-on dad. You know, I'm not a phone dad. He does everything for his daughter. Um, he's an awesome dad. Awesome. I, I can't I, take that. That might have been his saving grace, too. You know, having yeah. kids, a lot of times, it, it changes people, you know, and it gives them somebody to love. It gives them, you know, um something to live for too so that might be his saving grace he's a helicopter he, he and Bria, i can just give it to him they are helicopter parents they're all over their kids so i can get they are awesome Corey and Bria are awesome parents and like i said especially with Corey, everything that he's gone through i am just so proud of him as a dad because he does everything with his daughter i mean he can be a pain in the butt you know, especially when she was first born, I had to say, Corey, let that baby cry because he wouldn't let her cry. Um, I remember he was trying to take her to the doctors and every time she cried, guess what? He stopped, took her out the car seat. I said, Corey, if you don't get out. So he was like, no, just because you let your kids cry, I'm not going to let my kids. Corey, you have to let her cry. So now Renee, she how, is. How, how is it for you living on the opposite coast of your kids and your grandbabies? How is that for you? It, Oh, with, the, with Corey and Bria, I, I'm good. But with my grandbabies, I miss them. So when they call, it's like, how's the grandbaby? That's all I want to know. I don't care. All I, I care about is my grandbaby. I'm asking you is my sister is on here. And at one point, she was like, she going to move to Florida. And I was like, you ain't going to be able to do it. You ain't going to be able to leave them grandkids. <laughs> well, but you know what? I uh, Jacob is six. I made sure he has his own little cell phone. So guess what? I don't have to talk to Bria. I can just FaceTime him on his cell phone, talk to him, call him. I mean, I can FaceTime little Corey. But guess what? I took I took the middleman out. I don't have to talk to Bria. I can just call and talk to Jacob. So we FaceTime all the time. When I come home, he always like, I want to go be with my grandmother. So I have a very great relationship with my grandkids. They are my hearts. <laughs> my sister, too. She typing down there. My grandkids are life. So Renee, how yes. long you plan? How long you plan on staying in 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 Long Beach? How long you plan on staying over there? Are you is is that it? Like you stay? Well, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. So I'm going to be going when I come back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I I'm seriously considering retiring there. Well, it's expensive. So well, I, you well know, you got I was there. I was there. So but you got touring, so it doesn't matter. So, but it's very expensive. It's not on the list for where to retire, but to retire here in California, you have to have coin. You have to have your well, financial advisor. Not looking for, 
I mean, when I say retire, I mean retire from my government job and go there oh, and work okay. in another capacity, but not like like at in my fifties, not like sixty five and retired. You know, that's okay. a whole other that's a whole other place and a whole other story. But I'm thinking when I leave my government job, I may want to come there to finish off what I started, you know? And so Yes. But by that time we will have a few films under our belts. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. Yes, we will. So we can do what we want to. So guess what? We can do what we want to do. And I urge and encourage people, especially those that want to be writers, to do films, get out there and do it. Don't wait. Just do it. Um, if you want to travel, you want to relocate, and it's something that you think about all the time, do it. Because then you have stories to tell. You never want to have any regrets. And I have no regrets because I've met people, all types. I have learned different languages, a little bit of Tagalog. What is it? Tagalog? I can't yeah. say it. A little bit of Spanish. Um, Me too. A little I bit of when, we, when we go to a Spanish country, I can, I can really carry us, uh, carry us the way. <laughs> uh, I can do that. Now, I ain't going to say that. No. But I can tell a little bit. When somebody say Dolores or El Baño or Agua, I'm like, all right, cool. You want water? You want the bathroom? You have pain? So I can understand that. Yeah. Like that so, so talk about, because you, you are not afraid to be a solo traveler. You you are not afraid. I don't to love that. I, let me tell you, for one of my birthdays, Chris, I went to Hawaii by myself and loved it. Because guess what? When you travel by yourself, you don't have to worry about somebody who's like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. But what time are we getting up? You can get up and you can go. You can just go. You know, anybody else. I only time. traveled internationally solo one time, and it was by default. Because my sister, she's on here. They didn't have, her and my cousin, they didn't have their credentials right when we got, I think we were all the way in Dulles. Or, yeah, I think we were in Dulles. And they didn't have their credentials. <laughs> and we were going to Turks and Caicos. So I just got on there, honey, and went by myself. I was only there for... What was I there for? A night by myself? Whatever it was. Honey, I was there by myself. And the ball, I had a good time. Huh? Didn't you have a ball? Didn't you have fun? I did, but that's the thing. Like, soon as I got off, you know, everybody starts saying, like, oh, you by yourself? You alone? You alone? And, and I went straight to eat, and I'm in a restaurant, and, you know, it was everybody coming. You, you by yourself? You need somebody to join you? And I ended up with a damn boyfriend that fast. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't solo for long. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm too scary for that. No. Because well, let me tell you. When now, I tell you, now, I mean, that was yeah. some years back. But, like, now, I, it ain't much that I'm going to do. Like, after Natalie Holloway, I think that just changed my whole life. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah my thing is, oh, my boyfriend, I'd be like, oh, my boyfriend is on his way. He He's a police officer. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's my favorite go-to. Oh, my boyfriend's on his way. He he's a police officer. So always that's always my thing. Even when I go into the hotel, I'm like, well, my boyfriend should be checking in later. You know, he's coming. He's a police officer. You know, so yeah. I always I never tell anyone that I'm traveling solo. Never. Yeah, yeah. I got a a t-shirt and a t-shirt line that says solo. It's it says like definition, brave AF, but it's not for people to wear while they're traveling. It's just when you're frolicking around shopping and things, it's a cute little t-shirt, but it's not for okay. people to go traveling. No, no. Especially as a woman, you shouldn't be traveling. You can travel alone, but you have to be very, very safe. Yeah. Very safe. 
For Very sure. safe. For sure. Mm -hmm. But so, so you want to start the um, production of the movie July, right? So when end of July, think, yeah. End of July. So when do you think you will be in town to start all the casting process? So I usually like, well, the, the, probably 90 days before. Okay. 90 days before. But everything, to be honest with you, Crystal, the holdup is going to be based on COVID. I'm just saying. That is, that is because people are still fearful. Even though they have a vaccine, people are still fearful. People are still fearful of traveling. So I kind of got to play it by ear with COVID. And we don't know what's going to be going on in 2021. But I do have a plan. So yeah. the plan is to start casting 30 days, I mean, 90 days before and going from there. And if we have to do virtual, we can do virtual. Because there's a lot of things and SAG actors, we have to go by SAG protocols to keep everyone COVID safe. So again, I have a plan, but again, it's based on what's going on in the world. COVID. Yeah, yeah I know. So, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm over it. Seriously. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Yes. Yeah, so thanks for waking up. I know you work um, the night shift, and you are usually yep. sleep right now. Yeah. So thanks for waking up to hang out. <laughs> you want to plug <laughs> your pages? for you, Chrissy. Everything for you, Chrissy. <laughs> you want to plug your pages? Tell everybody, make sure they go over. Type, um, type your movie page down in the comments so people can go share with your actor friends. Um, Renee is going to need... Uh, in addition to me, I'm going to be there on set. But Renee is going to need um, crew and actors. So make sure you guys share this with your folks. It's at Gritty the Movie. I don't know why she wrote it out like that, sis. But it's at Gritty the Movie. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just learning Instagram. So no shame in my name. I know. I'm, I'm, giving, you some, I'm giving you some classes and things. So you can get up on this social media. <laughs> there you go. Sorry about that. Okay, there we go. So people can go follow the movie. And I see Dana just joined. Dana has a son who's interested in some entertainment kind of stuff. So oh, um, good. Yeah. So yeah, good. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put this thing on the map, make sure um, you know, we do this right. And like you said, we're gonna make some mistakes and things and learn along the way, but it's just gonna be yes. the beginning to a whole collaboration. Like your drive and my drive, we are equally yoked as far as bossing up and teaming yes. up and doing some of these things. Hey Dana. So I'm super hey, excited Dana. about hmm? I am too. I am. I'm over the top. I can't wait. And let me tell you something. I lose sleep over it because I'm always thinking, planning, preparing. And when your Dang. dreams, when you lose sleep, that means that you're destined to do it. Dang, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So, so last <laughs> week when we went out, last week when we went out, you were, so Renee was here last week and, and Renee looked at me and was like, Crystal, you have a wanted something so bad. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> like so bad that it keeps you up like and me so bad that it gives me the work I have been like my sister will tell you I, I had to prepare for tonight I'm like you know my voice was yeah. out I was exhausted but I'm doing so many things like you know I, I keep telling you Renee I don't want to over promise and under deliver under deliver I got to get some things off my plate because it's a lot on my plate right now working with the female hustlers doing all this stuff so yeah. 
I'm like, you, you like, you ever want something so bad? I'm like, hell yeah. And I know that we are stronger yeah. together. But yeah. yeah, I want the shit so bad that I, it's kicking up my anxiety. Because not only do I want it bad, I want it like yesterday. <laughs> I want it now. Wait yeah. a minute, because the first, so the other day when I came home, Graham was looking at me because um, I wanted to feature one of the local talents from Baltimore on it. And this is just funny. So I was like, Graham, I said, he didn't email me back. And she was like, Ma, just give him a chance. I, go. I broke down and started crying. I said, he doesn't want to do pretty. <laughs> That's what she was talking like, about. Because I, I told you, I'm going to get them guys. Right, no, but I had one of this particular. What I'm saying is, we're talking about anxiety. When you want something, and you want, and I'm one of these people, I'm an A, what is it called? I'm an A personality. I want things to run like this. You know what I mean? So because he didn't email me right back, I was like, oh my God, I said, Priya, he doesn't want. She yeah, was like, you're like Mama. Crystal. I'm a time person. Because you're like, what time are we going to do this? I'm like, oh, we're doing a roundabout. You're like, no, I need the time. I need the list. So, I mean, you know, we, we worked well. So, right. So that's what my anxiety is. So that's what happened. So I was like, Rhea was like, Ma, you need to calm down. She was like, you just sent the email. Just relax. Because I want it so bad, and I want it to go smoothly. You know, and that's well, well, I'm we just know, We know it's going to be hiccups. And then this one thing that you said, right, <laughs> when I was just like, girl, I'd be so frustrated because don't nobody treat my shit like me. Like, it's so stressful. Like, I feel like I'm the only one in it. And ain't nobody gonna treat my shit like me. You're like, well, I am. <laughs> You're like, well, no, that's not gonna be me. And I'm like, okay, because we are here. Because I said, listen, Renee, I don't want to have no takeover spirit. I don't. Oh, I don't want to have no takeover spirit. But your movie, I'm gonna treat that shit like it's my own movie. Okay? But yes. you know, still in the back, it's your movie. But I'm gonna make sure, like, what my my part, I'm gonna make sure that I, I'm treating yours like it's my I'm gonna bust my ass and work hard for you, go hard in the paint for you. Yes. <laughs> and, and you've I always said, been like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we And we just sisterhood. And yeah. I think that you should be because when you have a team, to be honest with you, when you have a team, it's not about just I, it's about us. You know, when you have a team. You can accomplish everything together. It's not just so, and I think that's one of the biggest things in entertainment. Everybody wants to be I, 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 I. But when you work as a team, guess what? Everybody gets what they need. You know what I mean? Everybody gets what, what they I need. Said. When, I said when we you are work stronger together. And together, yes. girl, please, mom, we will take over. And the beauty yes. of it, it's hard to really find people that you can genuinely trust. And we have always had, like, such a mutual trust. Like, even when I had told you before, I'm like, oh, my God, because I always loved you and had a genuine trust in which you was like, little old me, I wasn't in those, I wasn't in those kind of clicks or whatever. And I'm like, but me and you, we had our thing. We had a thing, like, right here in the heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, we are stronger together. Y'all, watch out for us. Yeah. <laughs> we Join on the moon. <laughs> yes. Join yes. us. Yes. Yes. We are like dove sisters for life. And um and it's on. And it's on. And Renee is really yeah. big on she's really wanting to put Baltimore on the map and 
um, and do some great things in Baltimore. So that's real exciting. You have to. You have to. Even though you're going places, you have to always remember where you come from. You always have to remember your roots because guess what? Renee Page wouldn't be who she is if it wasn't for Baltimore. That's right. I am who I am because of Baltimore. I don't care where I go because even though I'm here in California, I take Renee with me. That's right. And, and I, I would, and, you know, I have, I have had some, you know, I got this on. I come with baggage because I come with so much baggage, but I would not yes. change any of it. I would not change any of that. Dana, thanks for getting your fly travel line gear. But yeah, I would not change any portion of my journey because I always say it was for a reason, like right now, about my little time that I spent in jail. Um, I'm working with an Emmy nominated and Emmy winning writer on my pilot. So it's like, you know, I would not change any of those experiences. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I am who I am because of my past, because of my journey. And you have to go, you have to go through it. You have to, in order to appreciate what you have, you have to cry about it. You have to go through that journey. You, you have to. Because if you're not crying over it, if you're not up, if you're not, if you don't have anxiety about it, you don't want it bad enough. And you have to have a test. That's so right. I that's right. You have to have a testimony. That's right. You have to have a story to tell those that are coming behind you. And you have to have that sharing sp uh, spirit, not just like, oh, you know, I have information or I have network. I'm going to keep it to myself. No, you have to have that sharing experience. If you know something, share it. And I noticed that in this business, a lot of people, they may have their resources or network and they keep it for themselves. Right. And it's like, why? Why not share it? Because guess what? If somebody has a service to offer and you don't offer their service, you kind of cut them short. You know, if you design t-shirts and you say, well, no, I don't want to share that person, you cutting that person's blessing because if you refer that person, they're making money. They're building their brand. And I think it's selfish to say, oh, I'm not sharing my resources because you kind of you kind of hold them back from them getting to where they need. And you know what? I and like to say you know how you always say I need this, I need this, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to call the person right now. I'm like, oh, let me call the person on the three-way right now. Oh, let me get this person for you right now. Honey, let me tell you something, honey. I am resourceful. <laughs> I'll be like, well, let me tell you how to do that. Well, let me tell you how to do this. And somebody, Goldilocks just said, um, and a couple of people said it, but Goldilocks, I saw her first. She said, we all have a story to tell. Goldilocks, I always say, we all have a story to sell. Honey, I'm going to make a coin off of my story, honey. <laughs> I ain't go through all this for nothing. I am making a coin off of my story in every way that I can. And I'm always sharing with other people, like, yes, we have a story to tell, but we have a story to sell. And somebody like wants to hear it, no matter what it is. Like, somebody wants to hear it. So you can monetize off of your story, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, and then there's a message behind it. Like I said, with Gritty, the, the thing is, is the message behind it. That's what's important for me. It, to be honest with you, it's not a get-rich scheme. It's nothing. It's just to send that message that yeah. if you follow the wrong path, if you wind up in jail, this is what can happen. You know, look, looking at Corey's story, which is Curtis. 
following his journey of a good kid. You know, I was one of those moms that, oh, you know, I lived my life through my kids. You know, Corey was going to be this NFL football player. You know, I sent him to all the camps and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, when he got locked up in his NFL career, I felt was over. I went into a depression because it's like, I, I, because I mean, I had set my kid's life up like with Bria. It was like, oh, Bria, you're going to be a judge. You're going to be this. You're going to be this. And she followed and she followed the path that I set for her. You know, university, UB for law, went to seat and Keo, did everything. And when Corey didn't follow that path that I set, I got depressed. I was like, oh, my God. And then I felt like a failure as a mother. So that's my yeah, message. That. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm in a state of depression. What's that? So it's just a message just to show that, especially the younger generation now, because they think that they're so invincible, but this is what can happen to you, if, if that makes sense. The emotional trauma, the physical trauma, you know, it's things that Corey, he said to me, he said, Mom, you know, there's things that I witnessed that I have to take to my grave. Yeah. That's deep. Oh, That's deep. deep. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. Oh, yeah. And you know what? The reason why I'm always so vocal about, like, you know, getting locked up and spending a little time in the prison, I, I tell that because... I have seen girls on the street that, that was in there with me before, right? And mm -hmm. it was years ago, but they would say stuff like, oh, she think she all that. She was locked up with us. And I, excuse my language, but ain't no bitch gonna tell my story, okay? Ain't no bitch gonna be like she round telling something on me. So I gotta tell my own story. Yes, okay, that happened. But it was shameful at first. I was so ashamed about it. But I'm like, you know, okay, you know, that finger pointing and people whispering and, oh, my gosh, she thinks she all that. She was locked up and all that. Uh-uh. That is over. Ain't nobody going to tell that story for me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So my sister was saying that your path got redirected. Like, it just didn't affect him. Your path got redirected. And that happens for all of us. Like, so one time yes. me and my sister, we were doing this, um, we were doing a Skype for a reality show. And, um, you know, we were just telling them how when I went in there, it, it affected everybody. Like, not just me. And, and I had a little baby that, you know, I was breastfeeding at the time. So it, it just affects everybody. So, um, so I'm glad you're doing this. It's a story that needs to be told. I'm glad I'm gonna be on set because I can add my two cents about the jail life. And you know you will. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you a question, Crystal. Let me ask you a question. When you came home, did you have anger issues like Corey? I mean, how was your transition? Yeah, I was mad as shit. Yes, I was mad. But I think I was mad for other reasons. Like, I was mad for, for so many reasons. Like, I was mad at the system because I got charges, gun charges, drug charges, um, and at the time, right, I had never, ever, ever, still to this day, like, I ain't never seen drugs in my life outside of TV. I ain't never used drugs before. I don't smoke no weed. But I had to, you know, 
I, I had to get over that anger from that and realize that my story is for the greater good of what I'm doing now. Like yeah. even when, when I could not leave the state of Maryland because I was being accused of a murder and I had my whole apartment and shit set up in LA, but I couldn't leave and go back, which totally changed the trajectory of my life, my career and everything. Um, I was super duper angry. Oh my God. Like I never planned on, it wasn't my plan to come back here and then get a job with the government. So I have had to go through a bunch of anger, a bunch of therapy, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it, mm -hmm. it changed me. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I knew, like, I'm like, okay, I'm back here for for uh, the greater good and for something bigger. Because when I yeah. was in L.A., girl, I was working. I was on a movie set every day. I was doing phenomenal. And I always think, yeah. like, where I would have been in life if I never came back here. Right. But, like, like, part of what we're doing is part of the reason I'm back here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to look at it positively and yeah. not feel like, well, what if? Because I know people whose lives have been completely controlled by the what if. Okay, so one time I was dating dating somebody who, who got injured right before going to the NBA and lived his whole life on what if. What if I didn't get the injury? What if, what if, what if? So, you know, I really had to let that what if go. What what if? Where would I be right now? So I, I'm over that, but it has taken a really long time. Yeah. You're doing yeah. awesome. And I'm proud of you. Looking forward to what we're going to do. And again, thanks for having me on this platform. Thank you. You're welcome. And let me just thank you because because of you, I'm going to take a little bit of break, but because of you and your encouragement, I'm going to continue the journey because you said to me, and it's so true, you said to me, you said, um, you said, hey, Crystal, like, I really enjoy what you're doing. Um, we all come with baggage. This can be such a bigger thing. You said, you know, when I look at it, I see Red Table Talk. Um, Jada does it for celebrities and pretty much, you know, we're, we're talking about our baggage and we are the common folk. You know what I mean? We can't relate to the things most of the time that Jada has on Red Table Talk. Um, exactly. You know, like we were saying about that woman who uh, paid whatever, 100000 or a million dollars, whatever she paid to get her child right. into college. Ain't nobody doing that for us, okay? We, no, we nobody, paying a whole no. bunch of student loans, honey. We don't yeah. have no parents to pay us no millions. <laughs> yeah, Sally May. Let me tell you, if Bria, no, Bria had to study. She had to study for the um, LSAT. She had, the only thing I helped her do was get preparatory stuff so that she could study for the LSAT. She got into UB. She got multiple degrees now. She um, graduated magna Pilate, whatever, but no. Yeah, so she had she had to work for it. Like I said, the only thing I gave her was tools to help her. But if you didn't get it on your own merit, you're not gonna get it. You have to work hard, you have to study hard. Yeah. And and that's and that's just what it was. Yeah. And then again, from Baltimore, we we built different. You know what I mean? We we built different. So we you know we can do Hey, Cheryl. Yeah. Hey, cousin. Cheryl said she wish she would have joined sooner. Cheryl's going to be, the replay is going to be on my page. 
Oh, yeah, it's a replay. Yeah. Yeah, because we've been on here since 7 o'clock chopping it up. We get ready to wrap it up. But, um, yeah, so Tracy said congrats. You did well with her. So, yeah, we are. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. So, Sorry about the hiccups with the IG. So, it's a learning process with this <laughs> IG live. Sorry. Because I don't like to be late. I don't like to be late. <laughs> we talk to each other. Look, we know you're like, I said, that girl, she's so like this, this, this. She's going to have a fit being late getting on here. <laughs> and you're going to be Bullets. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Girl, I was here. Do you know I was trying to set up since 3 15? Because I like to be on time. I like to be early. So, because yeah, you try. Okay, so guys, so Renee tried it. She was like, um, you know, so let's prepare. She's one of these prepares. She want to prepare. And I want to fly by the seat of my pants, right? <laughs> She's like, so what we going to talk about? What you going to be asking? What? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not a scripted show, okay? This is completely candid. We we not preparing. We not going over nothing, sis. You just going to come out here and we going to chit-chat. <laughs> and I'm glad you did because, you know what? It broke up the mundane. It let you be yourself, me be myself, and people get to see the authentic Crystal, the authentic Renee. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, Tracy, I wasn't letting her do no kind of drive run or nothing. I'm like, sis, this ain't scripted TV. This live. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. And you introduced me to something. I've never done this. So you introduced me to something new, and thank you. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I, I have just been enjoying, like, rekindling our, you know, even though we, we never, like, lost a relationship, we've always been in each other's lives. I'm just glad that now, you know, I have you regularly, you know, texting, daily calling, and just ready to get our business popping. Yes. <laughs> so um, my sister said, good to see you again. She's hollering at you. Hey, Miss Ivory. Miss Ivory was good friends with my um, my mother, Miss Gail. Remember, because uh, my mother loved you, Crystal. Because she was like, oh, my goodness. She was like, Crystal wears the prettiest clothes. Because she used to go to the same hairdresser with Ivory. Because Ivory yeah. was a hairdresser. Yeah, so, she still is. She so still my is. mom loved Huh? She still is a hairdresser. Yeah. Look, yeah, your hair looks good, Crystal. Yeah, well, I just did this. I just put a couple clippings in here, honey. Put a couple clips okay. in there. <laughs> okay. Good to see you, Ivy. Yeah, so so we're gonna wrap it up. We've been on here for a okay. minute. So any any closing remarks that you have, honey? No, the only thing I wanna say to whoever's on here do that if if it's something that you wanna do, do it. Just do it. Just follow your hopes, your dreams. Um, just do it. Just like Les Brown say, don't prepare for it, just just do it. Get out there and do it. Just do it. Oh, it's been done before. So, so even though we were like on a dance team together, I never knew that you really wanted to get into the entertainment world. I didn't know that. I mean, of course, you know, I knew about the, the nursing and stuff, but so that was a dream that you like kept a secret. You always were super quiet though, but was that a, a secret dream? I was a good girl. No, it wasn't super quiet. I was, remember Gail. Gail was strict on me. So it wasn't, <laughs> I was a, yeah, when y'all used to go out and stuff, Gail wasn't having that shit. So I was crying because my because I didn't know if Gail was looking somewhere or watching or, you know, whatever. But um, 
she was just, I was just, um, actually, as I got older, it started becoming a hobby. That's what it was. I was because I'm creative. Yeah. And I always, I've always been creative and working with music artists. No, they're different from actors. Tracy, I'd rather work with actors. Tracy, you are late. She's a traveling nurse. She used to be a nurse at St. Agnes in Baltimore. Now she's a nurse out in LA. Um, you missed all that part. So you had to go back and watch. Yeah, Tracy, you came late. You started at seven, Tracy. Uh -huh. Time. So, Time. So, so, yeah, so I am super excited to just put our creative juices together right. and um and get it cracking. It's so, cracking. So, you know, when's the next time you're coming here? I know you done told me I need to come to L.A., but, you know. Come here. Listen, man, I out, told man you. Get up. Just come out here. Just wear your mask and come out here. I just come out here. I'm gonna, if I if I get on a plane to come out there, I'm gonna have to fight. <laughs> so so I'll be back in February. Huh? I'll be home in February. February. Okay. okay. Yeah. See, my sister said COVID, honey. I, I, if I come out there, I probably will have to live there. You hear what I'm telling you? <laughs> uh uh. It would be a big fight around these parts. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine then. Girl, Bob, you go ahead and trust that science. I know you're a nurse and all that, but you go ahead and trust the science. I'm going to go ahead and wait. You get it. And then 2022, I'm going to check in on you. Okay. All, all right. right.